Welcome back. My name is Kit. My name is Mavs. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. This time, we're covering seven from 1998, the David Fincher film. It's actually 1995. Five. 95, man. Why It'd be write funny that? if it was 1997. You know what's funny about 1995, <laughs> though? Is I was seven years old when this movie came out. I was... Weird. Negative three. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. That was my... Uh, I was born in 1987. Whoa. <gasps> there's sevens everywhere. Yeah. <sighs> well, the movie's about the seven deadly sins. It's called Seven, and it takes place over seven days. And I just thought it was weird that I was seven years old when it came out. That's all. Wow. But I, I said that on Letterboxd, and one of the first comments was in Kevin Hart's voice, damn. Because <laughs> if you've seen that video where Don Cheadle damn. says that he's almost 60, and Kevin Hart just goes, damn, damn. damn. And it's really <laughs> So they were calling me old. Oh, Whatever. Funny. Whatever, dude. Uh, this episode was requested by patron Pills, baby. Pills, baby. If you're a member of our uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash streaming things, you get to at a certain tier demand that we cover a certain movie. And uh, this patron picked seven, the David Fincher classic. And so we're excited to dive into it. So what we'll do is we'll go around the room, talk about our overall thoughts, how we feel about the movie, our history with the film, and then go through a scene by scene, play by play review and recap of the movie. That's how we're going to do it. I, I'll be honest. We tried to we tried to, to get you guys. We tried to slack off the last few weeks. Maybe we're not going to do full deep recaps for all the movies. This is what we thought, you know? But you guys called us on our bullshit. Like, look, that's what we listened to you for. <laughs> and we tried. And that's that, that's just a corporate thing. Like how every now and then your chip bags will have less chips in them. Mm -hmm. You know, you rope a consumer in and then you dial down the effort and charge the same price. That's all we were trying Capitalism. to do. It's capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. Capitalism. But no, no, no. You guys said nay. So that's what we're doing. From now on, you will always get the scene by scenes, the play by play. Speaking of slacking off, you may notice that my camera's not on. Uh, that's the price. If that's, you, that's we'll the, do the recaps, but you're not getting all three cameras. Yeah, you're not getting all three. <laughs> no, if you, if you listen to our lost coverage, you realize that I am in the middle of revamping our studio, and currently uh, our cameras we can only get two cameras work at a time. Yeah. So Madison <clears throat> was off camera during Lost, and I thought it only fair that. Since she was specifically requested to be on this episode by Pills Baby, mm. Pills, she should baby. be on camera, and I will uh, just hang out in the corner. Just be an AI figure. Yeah, I, are you real? My you hands don't know. are. My, you definitely can't see all my hands in that photo. I could I know, be AI. You could be AI. You've got six hands. Yeah, I'm typing right now, prompting Steve's every word. He's got feet that are hands. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. you can't see in that photo. Mm -hmm. The piggies are hands. Yeah, you wonder why down. he's not smiling because his teeth would look crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With all the hands in his mouth. Yeah. But we do have something, we have something special in this episode. We're going to do our normal like recaps, uh -huh. scene by scene breakdowns, tell, yeah. tell you guys our overall thoughts in the movie, maybe tell you some trivia maybe that maybe. we have. That maybe. Maybe. Research. maybe, maybe. We also have a couple questions submitted to us uh, from the oh, Discord fun. about oh. this specific movie. Oh, Just really? like asking us our, our thoughts about certain things. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I prompted them questions for everything we did. This uh, we're recording today, and uh, we got some seven questions. Sick, wonderful. We That's don't it. have seven questions. Oh. But we have questions about the movie Seven. Well, that would have been better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's start us off. Have both of you seen this movie prior to watching it for this? I had, but it only been once, and it had been a while ago. Steve, no, you had never seen Seven. I no. don't believe you. <laughs> I, <laughs> Call I, him a liar. I've. Liar! 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 Interesting. I've never seen the movie. However, the movie had been spoiled for me 
many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think I just never was like, well, I know what happens. Mm-hmm. I know I know what's in the box. Sure. Uh, but so I never actually sat down and watched it before until the now. And I'm I'm glad that uh, Pills Baby suggested we do because this was this was fun. I'm very curious. Uh well, this wasn't think? fun. Sorry. I said this was fun. <laughs> this is yeah. fun. This, this was a, a rom- fun, fun little <laughs> you know, rom com movie. <laughs> I'm really curious how this holds up in a sense of a, a a person who's pretty significantly younger than me, but also a person who's never seen the movie before. Significantly. Was, I think so. You know, like it's a generational thing. Sure. Slightly. Mm. I mean, I'm old enough for someone in the chat to go, damn. So I think <laughs> who I assume was around your age. It was me. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. Um, so Madison, let me know your thoughts. First time revisiting this movie. What'd you think? What is it giving? <laughs> it's giving uh, no neck. Uh, it's giving headless. Uh, I, I loved watching this uh, again. I, it's interesting, the first time that I watched this, so I I want to say I was like a teenager, maybe 14, 15, when I first was exposed to this movie. And I think it was around the time that Netflix was starting. So I wouldn't say starting, but like having more blockbuster-esque movies. And I I was like, oh, had, has Brad Pitt in it? I had seen the, you know, the cover before. I was like, oh, I'll just put it on. And I, I was kind of half paying attention at the time. I don't think I was old enough to really appreciate the movie and kind of the the techniques used and wasn't really familiar with David Fincher's work um, at this point. And so my first time watching it, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was not really paying a whole lot of a lot of attention. I obviously saw the end and, you know, saw that Kevin Spacey was the bad guy. And my initial reaction to that was, oh, my God, this guy's creepy. It's like that tracks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but revisiting it again kind of having, you know, going to school for film and being more familiar with David Fincher's work and kind of grasping what good writing is. I was blown away by how such good writing this movie has and also the performances. And I actually, I looked up um, if this movie had received any Oscar attention and it did, but only for editing, like performance. There was no performance um, nominations or anything like that, which I thought was kind of shocking. Um but I, I loved revisiting this movie. It's it's a very dark movie. Um, Sometimes it, it, literally. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, visually dark. A lot of yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of rain. A lot of rain. Uh, but it is, it is a proper film noir, right? I would say so. Yeah. So um, neo noir. Neo noir, whatever. Uh, I. I loved it. I am glad that I, that this one was chosen and I got to revisit it and pay more attention this time. And, uh, I, I thought the performances in it were really good, especially for like early, I want to say probably peak Brad Pitt, peak Gwyneth Paltrow, Morgan Freeman, obviously at this point in his career is pretty. Yeah. This is a pre gloop Gwyneth Paltrow. Pre gloop. Mm -hmm. Which gloop? is important to note. Mm-hmm. Gloop? You, you don't know about gloop? I don't know about oh, gloop. Oh, boy. Oh, cannot But wait. I assume this is, because I know Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt dated. I assume this yeah. is around that time. Yes. Shortly yeah, she's, before. She's in the movie because uh, David Fincher was like, hey, Brad Pitt, tell your girlfriend I really want her to be in this movie. And she mm. keeps telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, because he starts dating Jennifer Aniston shortly after this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I was very blown away by the writing and anything that kind of involved like any religious like 
mythology. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I know it, you didn't want to say it. <laughs> I love lore. Yeah. It's way better um, than data. It, <laughs> it's just, it blows me away. Like the, the detail that was given to this movie. And I can, I think I can rant on and on and on, but yeah, it was, I had a good time revisiting this movie. Yeah. This movie uh, is the first time I've ever seen it. That's crazy. I yeah. still don't believe you. <laughs> oh, it's goop. I'm sorry. Goop. goop. Oh, goop. I still don't know who you're talking about. So I'll look it up. Gwyneth Paltrow is like the is like peak white woman, and she has like <laughs> she's like the final boss, right? And she has a beauty uh, line, oh. which, but she's like really out there, and people laugh, right? Like there, uh, there's candles scented like her vagina that you can buy, right? And you gave me a look like at Descartes. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> me on our website right now. Anyway, Steve, I'm so sorry to interrupt yeah. with the goopness. No, I'm glad. Please, if you ever interrupt me, it better be for goop. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, the first time you've ever seen Seven. Yeah, it's the, first, it's the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, I knew. I knew the plot. I knew the twist. I, I like knew the story. Mm-hmm. You knew what was in the box. I knew it was in the box. In I knew what box. it was about. I, I knew Kevin Spacey was the bad guy, you know, all that stuff. Sure. And, but I didn't, and I'm sure I knew this at some point, but like, because I've never seen the movie, I've never really interacted with it. I completely had forgotten that this is a David fin- fin- Fincher movie. Mm. And so when I booted it up and his name pops up in the credits, which the which is like pretty late in the movie because the movie kind of opens up nonchalantly with Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. kind of getting ready. I was like, "Oh, this is a Fincher film. Oh, I bet this is gonna lean really in hard on something." And boy, does it! Because yeah. <laughs> this movie is oppressively grimy, destitute, depressing, awful. <laughs> like in the setting, the movie's not awful, but like the, they're leaning into like this city is shit and we're gonna remind you of it in every frame that this movie has to offer yeah it's gross every wall has the paint falling off of it every ceiling has a water stain and guess what it's raining every day i'm casey Kasem. i don't know why we took the that voice but yeah you would go to gotham to get a vacation from this city exactly gotham at least has like cool gothic noir architecture this is just like Ah, the 70s never stopped in the griminess of the cities. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is like early 70s New York Times Square is the only thing yeah. that takes place here. So, But the cool thing about this movie is it's this really depressing, grim look at like character development and what we are as a culture and society wrapped up in a police procedural. Like it lures you, you, lures you in as like, oh, we're going to solve a murder, right? Ah, you like watching those TV shows. You like a CSI. You like a law and order. Psych. We're meditating on how society is broken and we're all marching our way to hell. <laughs> and that was, and I and I liked how it leaned into that. And I've, and even though I knew what the ending was and knew how it ended, by the time it got there, I really appreciated like, wow, this is so depressing and so dark. I kind of love it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I always I always respect movies that don't shy away from having a, a an unhappy ending. And this mm-hmm. is an unhappy ending. And Morgan Freeman, the whole time, like his whole character is like, well, I'm kind of give up on the world and I want to go on a farm or some shit, just not in this podunk town. <laughs> and you think- I'm ready to get out of here. You think, and like he has all these conversations with Brad Pitt throughout- have to Pitt move somewhere with a library. Andy Dufresne invited me to a beach mm. in Sewatanew. I'm polishing this guy's boat. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you think, because he has these conversations with Brad Pitt the whole movie about like, hey, the world does suck, but Brad Pitt's like, but we still got to fight for what's right. And Morgan Freeman's like, ah, it's a losing battle. I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you think that Morgan Freeman's going to have this character arcing you know, journey where he's going to be like, ah, oh, you're right, son. Maybe I'll stay on the force and keep fighting crime. But no, even at the end, he's like, I'm still fucking retiring. That sucked. Well, I, I don't <laughs> know. I, is that, I'm, oh, excuse me, I'm stutter master flex. Uh, I, I'm wondering if he does retire. True. There because is, at the end, yeah. he's like, where are you going to be? And he's like, around. I'll be around. Which but he, but he has implied that, to me that he's not leaving. But he still has this worldview of like, yes, he's still just going through I the motions. I told you everything sucked. Yeah, he's still going through the the motions of like, hey, we're not actually solving crime. We're just documenting the crime, basically, right? He has that conversation with him on the couch at one point. Yeah. And then his last line is like, Ernest Hemingway once said, the world is a fine place worth, f- worth fighting for. I believe in the second part. Mm. But it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> also, like, Mills, I found a candle you might want to check out. If you ever miss Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> just light this bad boy up. It'll be like your home. Pay no mind to the hole in it. And I'm, I apologize <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh, my God. I apologize in advance for how often I will be for dipping me? it. That's well, a, for you. But also that's for an how impressive much. endeavor to, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I apologize for all the Morgan Freeman voices I will be slipping into throughout that's this what whole they, podcast. That's, that's what, what Come does for. for, man. Nobody that's listening to this for the, at least the second time <laughs> <laughs> has any expectations beyond that. Um, I I love this film. This was one of those movies, which is why I was so surprised. Everybody's got different life experiences and stuff, but um, and where I'm, where I come from, <laughs> where I come from, this was like an edgy DVD passed around Mm -hmm. i mean i probably watched it 20 or 30 times in high school like it was one of like the 20 there's like lord of the rings and i say that for a lot of movies but i think because of the age group uh our patrons often pick from this pool that i was obsessed with you know 20 years ago almost exclusively which is why i say that so much but seven was definitely i can remember the dvd like it was yesterday. Like it's got that, it was one of those like annoying kinds that has like the, oh, click, the, the, little, oh, the little doors, the little on click the hinge yeah. on the side. And, and the, the, those the, were the, annoying. And like the fingers, the twisty fingers that we get, uh, those were like when you pick the disc up that wasn't behind the plastic on the back. And I just remember it like it's yesterday. And I, mm-hmm. I'd crack this baby in all the time. Cause I just, like you said, I love to like live in it. And I was kind of a, I wasn't a goth, but I, I liked that <laughs> shit. Like I watched the crow wasn't a goth. and Batman and fucking uh, what's another one? Seven, but there's like a, another. I mean, when Zodiac. Sure, sure. Zodiac's even. But Sin I wasn't City? like smart people say Zodiac <laughs> is David Fincher's best movie, but I, I'm not a huge fan, but I haven't seen it in over 10 years and I would love to revisit it. Maybe I'm like one of those guys now. I'm graduated. I'm actually I haven't seen a lot of uh, David Fincher's movies. I have not seen Fight Club. Whoa. I know, mm. Which is surprising. I've not seen Zodiac. I have seen Social Network. Benjamin Button mm-hmm. um, and the game, which oh, shit he did do Benjamin Button. Yeah. Did. Wow. That is a mank. That's a departure, which <laughs> looking, at, looking at kind of like just his, mm-hmm. like the more, I would say the more notable movies. I mean, they're all kind of, you know, deep in terms of messaging and, you know, plot points and stuff like that. It's just David Fincher's definitely a uh, crazy, meticulously detailed craftsman mm-hmm. who, without a doubt g- leans toward the dark 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I, And I think it's so fascinating watching early Fincher, which is what this is. Uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, by the way, just wrote his newest film, The Killer, which mm-hmm. is on Netflix. It's not for everybody. I fucking love it uh, because it's very self-referential. It's David That's Fincher. That's the Fassbender, Fassbender movie. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's Fincher laughing at himself a lot in that movie. Um, but uh, I, I adored it. But Andrew Kevin Walker reunited with him for that. And also there's a Nine Inch Nails song used at the beginning of this movie. And of course, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails fame and Atticus Ross have gone on to be the composers for almost all of David Fincher's scores. And they won an Wait, Oscar for one? Social Network? I think they did, yeah. yeah. Which Nine Inch Nails song? It's, um, it's, it's, it's had like a hole, I think. Mm. Uh, but it's in the opening credits. Um, that's not, I'm not crazy, right? Like it's a I'm, bastardized yeah, version of head like a hole at the I'm beginning. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought it was. Black as your soul. Mm. It's not animal or anything cool. That'd be weird. <laughs> Just at the very beginning. Like, I'm on a fucking night. <laughs> what is this movie? Um, and so I think he's just like a Nine Inch Nails fan is what I like to imagine. And that's mm. amazing to me. I also did not know that Howard fucking Shore composed Seven. Uh, oh. And then a few years after this went on to make, the you know, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Yeah, I was going to um, say that's Lord of the Rings That's guy. some range, baby. <laughs> we love range. But this is like a five-star movie to me. Just there's a lot of nostalgia to it. I, I love the, de- the darkness of it. Um, even though as an adult, I have to be honest – I almost took some points off just because like, it is so bleak, not just very bleak, not just how it's shot and the the colorization and and the subject matter, but like it's view of humanity is Mm -hmm. relentlessly bleak. And it leads you to believe that Morgan Somerset, detective Somerset is correct in his assessment that the world is shit and will always be shit. And I kind of hate that. Right. Cause I watched this right after I watched knives out, but it's still worth fighting, which is the opposite. Like the character in that wins because they're, uh, have human decency is their Mm. strongest attribute, right? Which is why I love that movie so much. So it's the opposite. And yet I still love it. And Mills is like incredibly homophobic, very product of the early, you know, mid nineties, which is something I'd never picked up on as a kid in the nineties or early aughts, you know, but like, there's a couple things where like, Jesus Christ, you know, um, he's kind of a a bastard. Uh, (laughs) well, like when he drops the F slur, I was like, can't say that anymore. Wasn't a huge deal though. Right. Uh, to me personally, um, he drops the R, R slur later on. Sure. It's like, again, whoa, wait, you can't say that again. Either. It's like, well, that's not cool anymore, but I get it. But then at, there's a point where he's in the restaurant and he's like, look, man, could you at least sit over there? Cause so people, I'm like, this dude is like super scared to be gay. I feel like <laughs> yeah. he is, yeah. you know, so insecure. <laughs> that's why he's got two dogs and no kids. She's a beard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's really sensitive about this. Yeah. Uh, I, one thing I do want to say about this movie that you're right, it is super, super bleak, but at the same time, it also has this restraint in ways where like if a movie came out now and some of the deaths that happen, they would like do like really like close up shots of like all the gross, grimy stuff happening or the the act of, and they do a really good job of pulling back and just being like, no, we're not going to show you the guy killing the sex worker, for instance. Mm-hmm. Sure, they just like, showed you the tool and let your mind do it. Yeah, yeah they let your yeah. mind do it, which is way more effective. They, sh- You see the aftermath of what happened and in a way that's even more impactful. But also it, that does show a lot of c- restraint and kind of kind of goes to this, in a way it kind of lends itself to the overall theme of like, we don't have to be gross and grimy to get our point across which I appreciated. I right. thought that was great. Because it kind of like to juxtapose that would be like a Saw movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not, because I feel like those movies are to make you feel like 
the intentions of those are different than this. Like this yeah. is to like, this is eerie and like real deep human, whatever. And then saw is like just gore, straight yeah. gore. Yeah. And I think you can, you can, you can show gore to a point where it's so over the top that your brain is able to abstract it and mm -hmm. it's, and, and it's paradoxically less affecting. Yeah. Whereas like this will really, this movie seven fucks me up. Right. And I don't know how I watched it so much as a kid. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. Uh, but like last night, last night, excuse me, <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> I had a, like a pretty severe anxiety attack. Get the bucket, Madison, Madison, get, get the bucket. I had a pretty severe anxiety attack, um, because of this movie and I have other things going on. Right. But this is like the, the straw that broke the camel's back was, and it was like 1230 at night and I'm finishing this movie and I'm like uncomfortable, you know? Um, and it bled into this morning and then I broke Steve's glass and everything's just getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> but like this movie is just profoundly psychologically affecting, you know what I mean? It really is. And, and like that's to its credit, just be warned, you know? Yeah. Well, um, and I think too, like you, you referenced watching this movie when you were younger and I, I watched it when I was younger too. I mean, great. I wasn't paying attention too much, but you know, as an adult, you kind of look at the world in a different way and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, seven does embody a lot of like, I mean, it, it's you're, you're, you're seeing the beginning of a marriage between two people, you know, starting a life together. Like f for me, that's kind of how I resonated with those characters too, of like, Oh, like they bought a house together. Like that's kind of on my mind. So like, there's definitely certain things that you relate to with these characters that almost kind of put you in that situation. So, I mean, I can understand being desensitized to it when you're younger, cause you don't really have an arm in the fight. Like it's hard for a young person to relate to like these characters in that way. They're just seeing like the awfulness that is yeah. this murder and this person being crazy. Um, but then as you're older and you're kind of looking at it from this lens of like, Oh, like that's kind of me. Like I'm, I do live in an apartment, you know, I do have weird quirks to my place. And you know, this idea of Gwyneth Paltrow being alone and not having somebody to talk to, like that is something that, you know, it, it's kind of a, a niche -er, like story relation, but it it's there. You know what I mean? That, no, I think that's the heart of the story is ironically Tracy's character. Uh, specifically a scene between her and Somerset at a restaurant mm -hmm. that we'll get to, I think is like the emotional core of this movie that I definitely would have glossed over as a kid. Yeah. But now yeah, you're right. I do look at things differently and I, I don't like the character of Mills, not just because he's homophobic in a, in a very nineties way, but like very, he's ignorant. a douchebag very ignorant. through and through. I don't even like to read or anything, which is just not my style, but also like he, it's so shitty that what he does to Tracy yeah. Out of, out of his own career ambition. He moves her from a place that, where she's happy. Because mm -hmm. again, at the beginning of the movie, Somerset says, why are you even here? Like, I've never seen anybody request to be transferred like in the way that you did. And we never get the answer to that question. We just have to assume he's a very, he's driven. And you know, this, this is a place where a lot of crimes happen. A lot of homicides occur. So he can solve a lot of homicides maybe and like make his career. By the way, cops don't make that much. So he's like moved his wife, made her quit her job moved her into a shithole where she has no friends. She's miserable. And then he's working 16 hour days, leaving her by herself uh, for a job. It's not like they're getting wealthy off this or anything. Yeah, and it's they just, have, they have two dogs living in an apartment that yeah. they have a room of newspapers just for those <laughs> dogs to hang out in. Yeah. 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 Um, and I just feel like it's so, I cannot imagine like, cause I, I work a lot with the podcast and the videos and then my actual job, my wife's at home a lot or with friends a lot or not around me a lot. Right. But it's like on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm I feel guilty kidding. about that, but it's like, at least I'm trying to build something for us. Whereas I feel like detective Mills is just like all about his own career. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Yeah. Like I felt really yeah. bad. I, I pitied Tracy a lot. I and never can, felt that way yeah, as a kid. And she, she kind of 
t- dives into it a little bit, like in the conversation with her in Somerset, where she's like, I don't want to be, I forget exactly what she says, but she's like, I don't want to be a burden. I want to be supportive. Yeah. Or, yeah. Something along those lines. And I just am like, no, girly. <laughs> this, no. This town sucks. But also, so like I said, it's been a minute since I've watched it. And I knew like each murder kind of embodied one of the seven deadly sins. And I thought that pride was going to be, uh, I was, I was just like loosely thinking about, oh, who's going to be what? And like trying to remember like, oh, which deadly sin is who? And I was like, oh, yeah, isn't Brad Pitt's character Mills, isn't he pride because of the whole like, you know, being pride and like taking pride and being where he's at and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it wasn't. But just kind of showing. It could like, have been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're on every street corner, as John Doe says. Um, but yeah, let's di- let's dive into it. Uh, so the movie opens with uh, Somerset getting dressed, as Steve alluded to earlier. He goes to a crime scene. It's just it's not related to the seven murders. It's just a crime scene. Uh he asks, did the kids see it? Did the kids see it? And the other cops like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> what a weird, uh, that was the first thing that I, the first inclination yeah. that something's wrong with this town because Morgan Freeman asked like, if he's a detective, that's a legit, like, did the kids see it? Should we talk to them? Should we yeah. get clues? And the officer's like, oh, I fucking hate you, Somerset. I can't wait till you, I can't wait till you retire so I don't have to see your face. He's so Mad. <laughs> I hope your pension gets lost in the mail. Yeah. And poor Summer. I'm glad like, your wife left you. I'll just say it. I'll be that guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm not a fan of that fella. <laughs> uh, can't wait till we get rid of you. And then Mills shows up. It's his first day in town. Uh, and that's when we have that conversation we were just talking about where Somerset's like, why'd you come here? Well, I wasn't guarding the Taco Bell. Yeah, I got spirits. Um, and then he's got seven days until he retires. Right. So he's supposed to kind of be Mills's mentor, right? Hmm. Don't, lieutenant. You, don't you know, if you're in the police force, you never say like, oh, I've got X amount of days. So I retire. It actually worked out for him. In it this, did. In this case. You know, it did. This is like a rare <laughs> occurrence where it worked out for him. And then he goes home. He plays a metronome, um, which I think is a, a neat character touch. Cause there's, you can hear all the chaos of the city occurring outside. Um, and he's, he plays a metronome to help him sleep. But it's like a way of saying that Detective Somerset is very rigorous about trying to impose uh, like a fake facade of, of order mm-hmm. over things he can't control, right? So he plays the metronome because all around him is just chaos. And that's just how he is to try and, to and cope. It, it's his coping mechanism. And the city itself is such a living, breathing character in this movie. So that's another way of characterizing like this city sucks. What sucks city ball. is it? It's a fictional city. Mm-hmm. Um in some county, I forget, but I didn't it, know it, that it was, it was a actually, fake city. Yeah, it was actually filmed in uh, L.A. Oh, oh I can't see at all. Oh, uh, and I, oh, I think it, to, oh, to me, it's like a, it's a very analogous to to New York City, yeah. right? Like there's subways and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, um, I was gonna say like Philly, Philadelphia yeah, area. It seems like a definite New England place, but I googled yeah. it. It said fictional city. Huh. Um, and then we get like an actual like opening credits, which you don't get which often I anymore. Love. They're so good. It was giving. It, uh, it was get, what was uh, it giving? It was giving American Horror Story. Okay. Meets Trivia Murder Party from Jackbox. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. Hey everybody. Yeah, that guy. Welcome to Trivia Murder Party. Yeah. You've never played Jackbox. Just because you're a ghost doesn't mean you can't win. Well, look it up because actually, I think the font is the same. I think it's the exact yeah. same. Well, font. I do. I do think David Furniture is the daddy. David Furniture. David Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I love David Furniture. <laughs> I shop there all David the time. Fletcher. I think David Fincher is the daddy of uh, a lot of that aesthetic, you know. And it all started yeah. with Seven here. 
But um, I, I loved it. Is that where the, the Nine Inch Nails song comes in? Yes. And during the credits is where you get, it's a bastardized version of Head Like a Hole. Um, but it, at the end, like the, there's no lyrics at all until like the credits fade and the movie picks up and you get one line or something at the end. Um, but yeah, it's the Nine Inch Nails song. And then we go to, I assume that was Sunday and this is Monday. Yeah. Because I only caught like Monday. five of the day transitions. Um, but it's oh, Monday. I got them all, baby. My dude. I got them all. So wait, Monday is technically day number two? Correct. Okay. Um, so Mills and and uh, Tracy, again, pre-goop, they just <laughs> moved in. Um, there's like a Serpico reference, which I appreciated. And then he brings Somerset a coffee. There's another murder. Somerset. He does, he does have eye crusties though. He does. Do you uh, do that with your significant other? You're like, ooh, let me get them crusties. Num, num, num. I do that with my cat. <laughs> who is my significant yeah, so other. same um he brings somerset a coffee which he declines he's very standoffish to mills right and the vibe is like i've been up for three hours already you child i've already had coffee and i went to the gym i jerked off twice and read the newspaper <laughs> you better get used to this weather i've had sex <laughs> and i'm about to eat nachos, nachos. fuck <laughs> <laughs> um so then they go in they I did like the nice touch where so they're they're being led into the crime scene by another officer and Mills kind of takes umbrage with the fact that he's like, did you guys check for a pulse on the dead guy? And they're like, could have been his bicep. Could have been his could bicep. Have. Found that could out. Could have been the groin. Yeah. Yeah. There's an artery there. Yeah. Found that out. But yeah, the, the police Pulled officer's the like, dick. the dude's dead, my guy. And, and Mills is like, why, why aren't you making sure he's dead? Like, I'm tired of oh, Barney. Oh, that's how you do it around here. I'm, yeah. Always being real shitty about it. Like, I just don't want Barney Fife getting somebody killed, you know? He's, he's swinging his uh, appendage. But I do like the, the added touch where, like, they have this, like, dick measuring contest with this officer. And then when they go into the crime scene, he gives the coffee. He gives his coffee to that guy. Yeah. Like. I'm just playing. Yeah. yeah. I'm just well, playing the game. What was like Somerset's coffee, I think, that he didn't want? He set Somerset's coffee down in the rain before. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he set one. He, I assume it was Somerset's coffee down on the ground you're before right. they started walking. And then he handed his coffee to the officer. You're right. Unless it was a. Uh, he drugged it. He like spit in it. He's like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> the baby. <laughs> the baby. Um, yeah. So Spaghetti Man's in there. He's a very large man. Is this Brendan uh, Fraser from The Whale? It is. Oh. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Hands and feet are tied. So at or first, fat like, bastard from Austin Powers. Yes, <laughs> get in my belly. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. Because uh-huh. Mills is like, how do we know he's even dead? He's like, I'm sure it's a, it could have been a coronary, right? And then they see that his hands and feet have been bound. I think in like barbed wire, even. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's terrible. Grizzly, yeah. And then Somerset dismisses Mills after a while. There's a whole hullabaloo where they're looking for clues and stuff, but Mills keeps making jokes and telling stories from his old beat that he was on. Uh, looks in the puke bucket and he's like, was there blood in it? He's like, I don't know. You fucking look, man. And then he's like, get get out. Okay. Will you go out Fuck and question off. the neighbors with the policeman? Yeah, which is a, his way of dismissing him, right? Yeah. Um, and then the doctor says, yeah, he's dead. And, and <laughs> he oh, did. We get dead guy dick. Thank you, doctor. Let me see that dick. <laughs> There's do? a dick? Yeah. When they and go, I missed it? So when they, no, when, they, when they go to talk to the coroner, there's the wide shot of the body on the oh. table and you just see oh, his oh, dick. Oh. In fact, uh, so the oh. actor that plays um, the spaghetti guy, um, I think his name is Leland Orser. Or no, that's not, that's a Bob different Mac. scene. Bob Mack. So Bob Mack, I guess, had such a hard, terrible time filming that scene because he's like, you know, he's crumbled over. He's in a, oh. I think he's in a suit as well. Um, but also they like poured um, real cockroaches all over him. And he had to like keep his eyes and mouth shut. Like he apparently he taped his mouth shut so the cockroaches wouldn't like crawl in there. 
but apparently they were like crawling down his underwear and stuff. And it was such a traumatic, like awful thing for this poor actor to go through that David Fincher's way of making it, making it, making it good was the, the dummy body that they use in the corner. Fincher specifically requested like, can you, can you give him a huge dick? (laughs) (laughs) There you go, buddy. Like I I need, that's like the definition of a male brain. Like working yeah. right yeah. there. 100%. It's like, I need to make, make good on this guy. Having Sorry a bad for traumatizing you. Let me give you a giant penis, <laughs> fictional penis. Fair. In this scene. All better. But yeah, hey, you guys better. know. All my boys are going to think I'm like that. Y'all, you guys know uh, I need to see that dick. Let me see that dick. Well, it's like uh, I saw Pete Davidson's stand up one time. Hmm. Speaking uh, of big dick energy. I yes. I thought you were going to say, I saw Pete Davidson's dick. I wish. I was like, oh. haven't seen it. Oh, we could all be so lucky. But. Rumor is that it's huge, right? That rumor started from Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Who when she, oh, stand-up special? Is that you, what you're talking about? you seen that? Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. So you all know the story. She dumped him and said, well, he does have a huge dick, though. And he's telling the story in a humble way where he's saying, look, I know you guys all hear that I have a huge dick. That was her brilliant plot to set me up for fa- with failure, uh, for failure with all other women because they're going to be expecting this huge dick now. And then when they see that I don't have it, they're going to be disappointed. Uh, so she's a genius. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that in the, if Fincher was really thinking about it, you don't want to set that guy up for failure. That's true. You know? Like they're gonna, women are gonna be, ladies are gonna be watching this movie. But I also think Fincher's- Dang, Bob, what's up? Damn, Wanna go man. go get some spaghetti? I think Fincher's misreading the female mind. Up? I don't know if any women are looking at the dead guy on the corner <laughs> table going, oh, okay. Oh, shit. I think oh, he, okay, he was, okay. I hope he was just kidding and didn't think he was that traumatized. Because uh, that's, yeah, that's even my male brain is like, oh, Jesus. Hey, if I if I ever do a shoot for us, uh, or Madison or Kit, if I do a shoot for you guys and it's a rough day, mm-hmm. promise me that if there's a prosthetic body of me later on in the film, you give me a tiny one. Okay. Very yeah. tiny. A real itty bitty one. With we'll tiny real hands. Yeah. We'll just have it molded. Yeah just, yeah, yeah. just use what God gave me. Bring out the, mic, the magnifying glass. Uh, and then Mills talks shit in the car. Like, you've seen my files, right? You've seen what I've done? And, no, I haven't. Actually, I have no idea who you are. I don't get, like to read. Get out of my car. Uh, and, and Mills is like, don't jerk me off, man. That's just, that's all I ask, which is the opposite of what I request at every new job. <laughs> <laughs> just jerk me off, man. That's all I ask. <laughs> and you have to pay me. Um, <laughs> what, human resources? Yeah. Oh. So this is where they go to the coroner. And essentially, he ate till he burst, like virtually, right? Like, so we're learning that whoever killed this guy tied him up. And fed him for 12 hours. Isn't there like a bruise of a gun muzzle on the yes, back of his forced head? forced him to eat spaghetti. And then ended up kicking him uh, when he like passed out from exhaustion from this. And then that's when he brushed and died. Yeah. And ruptured. And that's crazy. What a, And that's what's Awful. so. If you are old enough to like. Because again, I watched this a lot as a kid. But if you're like psychologically put yourself in the, the mindset of each of these scenarios. They're all so extra fucked up yeah it starts to make you nauseated and dizzy and uh, they're all the most horrifying ways to go out possible like that one guy lays on the bed for a year yeah Yeah. you know uh anyway we'll get there yeah and and again the movie i think one of the biggest assets the movie has is that restraint of you only see the aftermath of what you don't actually see the act happening yeah it's like letting your brain fill in the gaps of the torture and the and they're all very creative scenarios you brought up saul earlier but Mm -hmm. like i feel like there's no, I bet you a million dollars. This was a huge uh, influence on the creators of Saul. I'm wondering um, when Saw the first one came it's out. It's 2004, right? 
uh, was uh, the I'm looking it up. Yeah, 2004. <laughs> Good job. Look at yes. you. Nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Well, and I'm based even on the short film. I'm even trying to think <laughs> of like a Saw equivalent that would have been out at the time or. Yeah, I guess it really doesn't matter. But Maybe like, like Cube or something earlier on. <laughs> oh, Cube. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It was kind of some traps and stuff. Yeah. Um, but Hell yeah, Razor. I mean, there, it's, yeah. which is kind of why I, I give, you know, kudos to the writer because I, I would like to read the screenplay of this just mm. to kind of see, okay, how much detail was actually put in the screenplay and how much of it was the production designer, you know, really leaning into it. Like how, just those conversations because- Again, it's it is a pretty gruesome. All of these murders are gruesome, mm-hmm. and then to also have the the detail of you know adding in the the deadly sin and like the the Catholicism elements of it. Um, so I'm just curious, like looking at this scene in particular, just like how how much is the production de- design playing into it too? So yeah, a ton. Yeah, a ton. I would bet. So yeah, I mean, basically at this point, Detective Somerset, Morgan Freeman's character, he's convinced this is beginning, you know, and everybody else is like, no, nah, they just killed the big guy. It was a weird mafia God damn style. It, Somerset, I can't wait till you fucking retire. <laughs> oh, I hate your guts. Was, I just love how he's so chill. It was a spaghetti execution. He's like, I know I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. And it's the guy from fucking, um, full Arlie, metal jacket. Arlie, Arlie Ermy. Yeah. The captain. That blew my God. I didn't know Alan they Arkin? stack shit this high. <laughs> Not <laughs> Alan Arkin. <laughs> you look like you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. <laughs> I'm going to call you private pile. Private Powell, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, seeing Lee, um, Arlie Ermey as the captain was a, a real fun treat There's for me. a couple huge, uh, like, character actor cameos in this. Um, and that's the first of them. But, yeah, he, he wants to be reassigned. He's about to retire, and you gave me this huge serial killer case. He, like, he, he knows as soon as he sees it. And they're like, nah, don't be silly. I just planned on coasting this last week. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is when it's, like, almost Thanksgiving, and I you're thought, not going to do anything at the office that I, week. Have you ever heard of quiet quitting? and it's tuesday and now there's a press conference because another high profile murder has taken place this time like a famous defense lawyer eli gould Gould. uh, greed is written on the floor in blood detective mills is heading this case somerset's off doing something else he's he's done quiet quit i love Um, the da in the scene mr i think his name is mr talbot because he's like all right press i'm not going to answer questions only in the 10 minute time. I will not discuss details. Don't even bother me asking details. And he like lists this like long, it was just kind of a weird, funny thing where he's like, I will not look you in the eye when I talk. Mm-hmm. I will not stand up straight. I'm going to do it this way. Also, if you're wondering, yes, I will keep the fake mustache on. Like it's just <laughs> these really long and lists of the, demands. And the reporters are like, well, what can I ask you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been through this before. He's yeah. seasoned. He's not going to put up with it. He's, like, he's going to brook no nonsense. Yep. I respect that. And I like how he says, as Brad Pitt uh, Mills is watching, we have the best people on the case. Yeah. You know, Brad's this like, is the, the no perfect pressure. example of what swift justice is going to be. And Brad Pitt's like, I have no clues. Fuck. No leads. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And that's like all the pressure that's being put on him in that moment uh, is, is the point of that scene. And it, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, while, meanwhile, Somerset's name is being scratched off the door while he's hunting and pecking on a typewriter, which is the most frustrating thing to watch. Right. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Millennials had typing class. So when I, whenever I see that, I'm like, fuck. So did early. It's a QWERTY, man. So did elder Gen Zers. <laughs> you a typer? I had a ty- I had a typing class. I've did, got I Somerset needed some Mavis Beacon for sure. Yes, I've got very few skills, but I can type like the wind. Mm, same. 
Same baby. We Same also baby. learned cursive. <laughs> Why? Why did we learn cursive? I don't know how to do Z's. I, I don't know how to run a bank account, but I know how to do <laughs> woo with my letters. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool, man. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he, the captain's trying to convince him to stay. Like, what you, and he's such a dick. You, you literally have nothing else, Somerset. This is all you, you ain't got no woman. You ain't got no kids, you ain't no friends. Hell, you ain't even got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> really, nobody likes you even here, but definitely not out there. Like, dude, landing on the thick, dude just wants to retire. Back up, but he's a valuable detective. He's very good at it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, the big man was fed bits in his food. Here it is, right? So he gives him those. He goes back to the crime scene. The bits appear to be like pieces of linoleum from the floor that were scratched up by moving the fridge. Uh, and he pieces that together very quickly. <laughs> and behind the fridge is written gluttony. And there's a little note. Um, gluttony in Greece. In Greece, yeah. He's always very thematic with mm-hmm. what he uses to even write the words. Mm-hmm. And the quote is from uh, uh, a Milton, Paradise Lost quote. Uh, I didn't write it down, but it's some 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 poetry some sm- shit. Smart shit. Some smart shit. <laughs> some uh, F-slur poetry shit, as Mills would say. This, uh, this serial killer, we got ourselves a learned man. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm all over it, uh, is what Mills says. Because, you know, he's like, I told you I didn't want to do this. This is the first one. It says gluttony. There's greed. There's two. There's going to be five more deaths. I don't want it. And he walks he's out, and Mills down. is like, I'm all over it. I love when uh, Lee, I always R. Lee Ermy is sitting on the the desk and uh, the phone just rings. He's this like, "Ain't even he, my desk." He picks up the phone. <laughs> this ain't even my desk. I did. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wrote slay Brad Pitt's outfit. I forget exactly what he's wearing, but he he does like a moment where it's just you know '90s fashion, but they're just mix matching the the tie with the blazer. It's like very eyesore ish, but like also kind in of in a cool way. In a cool way. Also, yeah. if you're Brad Pitt. Yeah, you make, any, you make cooler. anything. Look you got to watch Fight Club. Brad Pitt did his own costuming in this movie specifically because he wanted Mills to have poor fashion sense. So it's funny Good that call you're out, Madison. Yeah. Wow, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Good call. Madison out. has that eye. Because he's a young guy, doesn't have to have the tie. He's struggling at one point, right? There's um, one point where he's wearing like a basketball hoop tie. I'm like, okay, that's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice. Oh, like there's like nets and rims. Yeah, it's like that's a absolutely basketball. a tie you would see in the '90s, though. I yeah. rem- I vividly remember seeing that Chicago shit. Bulls Nation. Yeah, yeah, now I see it on uh, hangers in Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> but after this, Somerset goes to the library, uh, and one of my favorite scenes. I remember watching this so many, so much as a kid. And there's this an actor. It's the guy from Speed. What's his name? Hawthorne James. He was in a lot of 90s movies. He's still working today, apparently. Um, but he's one of the security guards at the top. Like, how's this for culture? You know, because mm-hmm. um, he's like, you've got the entire world's knowledge at your fingertips. And you're up there playing poker. So um, we got culture coming out the ass. Yeah. <laughs> out the ass. Out the I, I laugh so hard because when he's like, yo, man, we got culture. How's this for culture? And he like just puts on like box fifth. <laughs> I really thought he was going to start blasting like cult of personality or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved that. That would have been cool. I love that song. But I like that, that this is such a um, great characterization yeah. for so many people involved. Because Somerset has this deal with these security guards that I can come here in the middle of the night, read all night. And you, I'm not going to ask what you're doing. You leave me alone. Since I'm a cop, it's all good, right? Don't so they call it, him Smiley? It's, yeah, yeah. So, and the way that it's played out, you know that he's done this many, many, many times. He spent tons of time just reading at the library late throughout the night. Um, and that's wonderful. Uh, it tells you everything you need to know about Detective Somerset. But also, like, I love that this movie takes place before the internet took over. 
because it would be so much different. He wouldn't have this wonderful scene where he's reading and photocopying all these books. He would just send Mills a link. You know what I mean? He would just be on his phone in, in, in bed, just like save to photos. Yeah. Bloop. Uh, right. He's just texting Mills. Like the scene doesn't work with, yeah. the, with technology. Let me airdrop this to my printer. Which is why I love Fincher's movie, The Killer, so much because a huge part of it is that um, he uses technology a lot in the movie. It's, mm -hmm. it's about an assassin. And most of the time, assassins' stories don't work anymore if you set them in present day because they just be caught immediately. But uh, in The Killer, the assassin uses a WeWork space to shoot out of and he stops at McDonald's. He Amazon primes like um, uh, fob copiers to break into buildings with and then pick, you know what I mean? Like he uses technology of the day. He pretends to be a Postmates guy at one point and it's all very much on purpose. So it's Fincher's way of doing the same thing he does in Fight Club, which is like mock uh, product placement. But also uh, you have an assassin use modern day technology and embrace mm -hmm. it to tell that kind of story. But That's I love cool. that about Seven, like that it's like right at the cusp of having too much technology to even tell this story in an interesting way. Cause it, yeah. again, Isn't it amazing just how much different like society has grown in such a short amount of time, like oh, with it's the wild. internet and stuff like that, that it completely changed. Like when they the get the FBI printouts, I saw like the perforated edges of the paper yeah. with like the, the holes in it. And yeah. I was yeah. like, fuck. It, it, they all had those printers that were like, remember you had to print stuff out yeah. and you had to rip the shit off both sides before yeah. it would be like a piece of paper. Yep. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Give me chills. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back. You no, know what I mean? No, you definitely don't want to. I'd rather be in like there's a part the forties than the eighties again. You know, we're old because <laughs> I literally, I don't know why I popped like I audibly like got out of my seat. I came, <laughs> I got the meat sweats. <laughs> no, but I audibly like, did the Leo meme when uh, Somerset pulls out his fucking pager? I'm oh, like, yeah. ah, beeper! I never had a beeper. My we mom were, had a beeper. My mama had a beeper. And I would, I would, I would call her when I'm like, I want to leave the pool. <laughs> <laughs> beep beep beep. Yep. Uh, gotta go get sleep. Never, never had those, but I do remember the paper with the the sides on it, and then yeah, I feel like I I had some of the some of the same tech. Have you ever been to a library? Have I ever been to a library? Did you just ask me that? Yes. What's a library? It's well, a I library. love that he says the you've DVDs got the entire are. world's knowledge <laughs> all around you. And that's what people say about the internet now. It's like, why are you just watching porn and old uh, workaholics episodes when you got, you know. <laughs> and that, that, that same was true. <laughs> Society is going to hell when people are watching old episodes of workaholics. <laughs> that's all I could think of on the fly. <laughs> I love it. Other than porn. This episode was brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, you know what's good for you, but your brain gets in the way and you just can't quite pull it off. Like when you're trying to fall asleep at night, you know, you got to get up at 7 a.m. You got to work. You want to go to the gym before work. But at 3 a.m., you're just thinking about hippopotamuses, hippopotami. I don't know how to pluralize it. It doesn't matter. You get the idea. So sometimes your brain's getting in its own way. You know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. You can help find the blocks in your life that are getting in your way. And BetterHelp can get you there. It can match you up with a licensed therapist to help meet your needs. If you don't like your therapist, you can switch free of charge at any time. 
It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash streaming things. Gobble, gobble, stream fiends. It is the month of November and thus comes Thanksgiving if you celebrate it here in the States. But it's a month where we want to take a step back and just really appreciate and be thankful for everything that we have here at Streaming Things. One of the many things that we are thankful for are our patrons at all tiers, but especially our super patrons, which we shout out each and every month here on the podcast. Let's get to it. We are thankful for you, Sydney B, Becky the Farmer, Kaylee Sampson, Stanton Valentino, Anthony Corona, and Infamous, Brent Stradamus, it's a great name, Sunshine, Huckleberry Cauliflower, Optimus, Mike from New Hampshire, Brett X, Emily Scarano, Lil Tickler, Svento7, Chase Gramo, AK, Ashley Ray, Adam Busby, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Big Bud Horny got an upgrade, Conrad, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz, Rodriguez, Charlie Friday, Alexis Adler, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, John Collins, Amanda King, Trisha Bueller, Sun Loving, Mortal, Suzanne Road, Lauren Waller, Jadinklage Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kalisha Reeves, Aaron Armstrong, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Ashley Powers, Stephen the Fifth, Casey McCain, and Enza. And with that, let's get back to the show. Gobble gobble. So yeah, he gets copies of the Divine Comedy, the Canterbury Tales, anything that has mention of the Seven Deadly Sins, and sends it to Mills in an envelope after photocopying it. Wednesday, it's Mills frustrated buying uh getting cliff's notes copies of these uh books delivered to him which i thought was hilarious i forgot about cliff's notes um he ends up hiding them in his desk because he's taking over somerset's office that was quick and also somerset is just like in there yeah he's like i'm still here yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm still here also shout out my chair fuck me also shout out lefty lefties morgan freeman is a left-handed person oh really Mm -hmm. i didn't notice was he writing with his left yeah and then later he threw darts with his left hand. My brain is stuck in the 90s so hard that you said, shout out lefty. And I thought you said left eye from TLC <laughs> and was like, I can see the confusion. I was like, I'm more of a T-Boz and chili guy myself, right, right, but right. I'm with you. Where are we going with this? <laughs> I'm so dumb. It is miraculous. I no. get anything done. Well, I may have mentioned this before, but I, so I am a left-handed person. So anytime I see left-handed actors, I I have a notes tab on my phone where I really, yeah, retabulate all the ones that you yeah. found. My mm-hmm. people, but Morgan Freeman, I I clocked him before. I knew that he was left-handed, but it's just fun. He's I'm already like, on the list. Yeah, he's already. I clocked on the list. him before. I clocked him before. What else we got on there? Uh, do you watch on. the movie Southpaw a lot? <laughs> Jake Jones. Do you Jake really? Do you, it's kind of a long list. Do you want me to just name a few of your favorite lefties? So, uh, root RBG. Okay. RBG. J Law. Yeah. Okay. Seth Rogen. Nice. Uh um Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. Yeah. Very... Uh, Gatton Matter Matarazzo. Two lefties in NST. Yeah. Uh Henry Thomas from E. T. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And all the uh, trying uh, to think of who else. Uh uh uh, uh Flanagan shows. Um, yeah. Sophie Nelise from Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, so is Courtney Eaton from Yellow Jackets, Lisa Kudrow. Prince William. Uh, Lisa George... Kudrow is my ideal. Like, that's the quintessential lefty, I think. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, smelly cat. Smelly cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of uh, shit that they're up to, these lefties. <laughs> these lefties. George George Michael. 
Um, every Mark, time we, Mark Hamill is also left-handed. I feel like every time we say the word lefty, I think there's some right-wing troll out there that's getting like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Lisa Kudrow, no. No. <laughs> I love smelly cat. <laughs> but no, that's just a, a very niche thing that I look for. I love When that. people write. Um, but so Tracy calls and yeah. wants to speak to Somerset and invite him to dinner. I, I, and if you think I didn't clock that, uh, Mills calls Tracy Dingleberry as a term of endearment. Uh-huh. You would be wrong. I told you not to call me at work, Dingleberry. <laughs> that was a, I was like, I, that's did you my, just call her Dingleberry? I, I do, I do that was like my their, nickname in high school. Really? No. <laughs> I like their couple dynamic. I really do. I think they're very, uh, and it's probably because they have real chemistry, right? But I mean, it, it works. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that she's so sweet to Detective Somerset, even though they're not getting along. it's it's It endears you to these three people very quickly. Yeah. Uh, this dinner scene's great. The big laughter scene over she, the vibrating she's, home. She's the glue. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. She's like you said, she's, she's the, the goop. Soul. She's the goop of this movie. <laughs> she's the goop of this movie. Because if it wasn't for her, these two probably wouldn't end up being like. Yeah. They get, they become besties quickly because of her. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're not besties, but they're definitely guys who like really it is literally respect one another. only friend. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was trying to figure out, is she inviting him over? I mean, I think it was for, I think it's for both reasons that I'm about to say. I think, you know, she sees that her husband is like struggling like with this person. So she's sure. like, let's yeah, break he's, the, he gone home, he's gone home and talk shit. Yeah. Let's break the ice and invite him over for dinner. You know, I think this will help you. You guys can like be in an environment that's not quote unquote work. But then another part of me is like, or does she invite this man over because, you know, she, well, I guess she hadn't met him previously. Like what I was getting at is like, she's looking for, yeah, looking for, for yeah. So she's bored. Yeah, absolutely. She's like, let me just stir the pot. But she's also bit. like uh, later on, she talks about how she's struggling living in the city and this yeah. guy's close to retiring. She probably just wants to pick his brain. Like, hey, is it always this shitty? Does it always rain? Like, is it literally <laughs> it raining every fucking raining. day? Since we've moved in, <laughs> yeah, which like, was six months ago. Seems like an above average amount of murders as well. Yeah. Um, I was reading uh, some stuff with David Fincher and someone asked him like, why is it always raining in the movie? And he was like, well, it adds to the, you know, it makes it more claustrophobic and it kind of lends to the spirit of like the uneasiness of living here. But also we didn't have to worry about the weather anytime we shot outside. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's true. You know, it's going to rain. Yeah. Just make it rain, baby. Um, not in the cool music video way. <laughs> uh, and this is where, uh, they go to the, you know, they end up going over the lawyer case at night after the dinner, um, which seems rude. Just send her to bed and start looking at pictures of dead people, you know? Um, but, uh, they, yeah, she might've wanted in on that action. He re- Somerset realizes <laughs> the wife is who you have to see. Maybe it's not something she's seen, but something. She, she needs, needs to, to see because the, the picture of the yeah, wife with that, her eyes circled. Yeah, he had circled her eyes in blood. And Mills had put her in a safe house. Uh, so they go to talk to her, force her to look at pictures of her dead husband. Which, um, wow. Which has got to suck. Yeah. But, and Somerset's, I love how the dynamic of this scene is like, because he's retiring. So Mills is in the forefront. And he's like, I know, I'm sorry. I just need you to look at it. Okay, okay. And then Somerset like comes up. It's got to be now. I'm telling you. And then he like backs away like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell her. But because this is your thing, but yeah. you you need to stay on the gas there. I, I just loved that because yeah. he's totally committed to that. Like, I'm trying to help you, bud. This ain't not this is not my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very cool. But anyway, she does the, the, the paintings upside down. So they go back to that crime scene. They eventually <laughs> they eventually find fingerprints. <laughs> uh, there's this sorry that when they do take the painting down, uh, uh Brad Pitt's like, he's fucking us. 
and then he, go, he, he goes to the table like, this is what he's doing to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I mean funny. about like as an adult, this character, this guy kind of sucks. He's definitely, he's so in, funny. no offense to anybody. I don't, I don't mean it this way. It's just a conglomeration of all these things, but like, he's definitely in like four fantasy football leagues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, no. He stopped drinking Bud Light recently <laughs> for a, for specific a, a reason. very for specific reason. An IPA. Yeah. <laughs> he's shifting over to IPAs. It's just, it's what Mills is giving right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> do I fit in? Yeah, you're doing it. It's 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 like a crab it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. This is why I like Totally Killer so much. I get it. Yeah. I I would have had such a blast with that movie um, in a theater, but I watched it by myself and just got a few chuckles. So nice. that's how I feel about Totally Killer. But anyway, so then they find the it spells help me. The fingerprints on the wall spell help me. Hit me. In a scary way. Scary, scary Can way. Can you just imagine him with like. That's those, a severed hand. Like, and they're not the victims, <laughs> which is so weird. Like it's not the lawyer guy's prints. Yeah. So they go to this guy's house thinking that it's the killer. But Somerset and Mills are not convinced that this guy that they've come up with is a killer. Victor. Uh, Victor. Yeah. He's yeah, got this a long rap sheet of mental illness and heinous crimes. Um and uh, can I can I just say the SWAT guys? So they're going after this 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 sex they pest. Love, yeah, they love this. The, these SWAT guys need to fucking tone it down. Yeah, Victor goes by Victor, but his real name's Theodore Allen. Doesn't really seem like our guy. But before this, we get like a little conversation about Somerset's cynical view of the world. We'll oh, yeah. get more on that later. Um, and then there's this conversation Did, in the so car on the way to the Mills, crime scene. Mills, like, he's, he's actually shot a guy before, and he, there's there's this thing where he's like, ah, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Well, the cop that got shot. He can't killed, remember the cop's name. He can't remember his Which name. Which I thought that that was going to come up again later, and it I think, doesn't. I, think, I was trying to think, what is the point of this scene? And I guess it's just supposed to show that, like, even these tragedies that stick out in our memory, like, it's just another... It's just another one. It's like, like it's not, that's it's not, not a, it's person, not a yeah. positive thing. It's a very cynical thing that's happening that we see in this car. And but I think it, this movie I think is it's, relentlessly cynical because I think it's so. Mills and Somerset are two opposing views of the world, right? So Mills is still like I, I like we like I do this thing because I want to help people, but he's also forgetting the name of this person that died in his arms, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but, I th- I but think you he's can like see lying. He's like to himself. He's delusional. But he's also kind of like kicking himself, like I can't remember his name. Like why can't I do that? And because yeah, Somerset's back there, like. I fucking told you. Yeah. <laughs> we all suck. Because you're a piece of shit. That's what I've been saying. I've been but saying I feel it. like if he, if this scene wasn't included, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have taken away from anything. My I agree. Pers- I, agree. Personal- I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because my thought was when I was watching it, oh, like him killing somebody is going to have something like that's going to be like an added element to like why, you know, he is this deadly sin or like, you know, yeah. whatever. Like I was like, oh, like it's going to tie in at the end. And then maybe it's it just, didn't. Maybe it's so. just the simple thing of like he's used a gun before where a Somerset never has. Yeah. And maybe that's why John Doe is, I don't know, kind of targeting him to, I don't know. Johnny Doe. He knows he'll shoot. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to get that far. I don't, I don't think you need to make that. Infor- that's a hat on a hat, I think. Yeah. Uh, when they get there, swap before dicks. <laughs> Dude, uh, these dudes are like coked out of their fucking mind. <laughs> and I love that like uh, Somerset looks over at Mills and he's like, they love this. Um, so they start busting down all the doors. There's fucking air fresheners everywhere. They find Victor. He's laying in the bed. Both his hands cut off, or at least one of them. Um, and he's Looking just like, like a corpse. <laughs> I oh my, wrote, like it's wild. I wrote, Victor is big dead. Big dead. And then I wrote... Victor is not dead, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I, so I watched this Plot in Star, twist. I watched this in Starbucks this morning 
and like the entire movie. <laughs> Not the whole movie. I probably like the second the, half this part though. Yeah, like starting wow. a little before this. And is that girl watching seven? <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, the part where Victor like like takes a breath, like I jumped like in the Starbucks, and the person that was sitting a couple of seats next to me, like I could see them like like looking at me. The slaw scene. Yeah, yeah I get and it. I just was like, see, when you text that, I pictured you watching this on your phone. Like in like line at in Starbucks? Line, no. Just ordering your drink. And I was like, so like, damn. <laughs> but like Ruthless. sitting quietly for a long time watching it. Was yeah. Way different. I was like watching it and <laughs> taking notes. No one could see what I was watching. So I got. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I got a big laugh out of. So they, they kick the door open and there's just a body <laughs> under a sheet. And they're like, get the fuck out of the bed, dirt bag. Well, they, they, I, I guess they couldn't see very well. And it just looks like he was seeping. And he had like the Sheeping. morning wood and shit. <laughs> He's pitching a tent. Oh my god! Yeah, but at one point they're like still aiming the gun at like Brad Pitt and stuff. Like, dude, calm down, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, relax, SWAT guys. Do you one. got you got what you deserve. Oh my gosh! Well, Dave. he has a horrible record. You guys, oh, know yeah. that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, so I just made the connection. Were all of those car fresheners there to like hide the scent of the dead body? Yeah, of him decomposing. Okay, yeah. not the dead body, but the fact that he like. I just thought it was like a choice. Rotting bed sores like, and. And hasn't showered in a year. I just thought it was an interior design choice. No, no, no. That's to because he he did that for a year, and that's what we find out in a bit. And that's wild to me. Like that guy, he's had him on fluids and stuff so that he wouldn't die. But he's that's just crazy. It's just he's been in just about as much pain as anybody I could imagine. Sloth. Now he's still got hell is, to look forward to. What entails to. with that deadly sin? He was just lazy. lazy. He was a lazy boy. Um. So he's been there a year. It's fucking wild to me. Damn. And he's been taking a picture of him and dating them. And so one was three days ago was the last time that he was there, uh, presumably to cut his hand off to take it to uh, Eli Gould's place. Uh, but it was exactly a year ago to the day that he tied him up there and started this process. And you think, oh, maybe they're going to be able to get to question him and stuff now because he is still alive. No, he chewed off his tongue and his brain is completely mush. Uh, and he still has hell to look forward to. Mm. Uh, and then Tracy calls. She needs someone to talk to. She calls Detective Somerset. Oh, but there was that photo guy. Photo guy? Yeah. The photographer. Oh, the... outside of um, Victor's house is where that happens. You're right. Yeah, there's like a photographer that tries to take a photo. And Mills is like, oh, you get the fuck out of get here. Get the fuck out of here. And you can tell that it's Kevin Spacey's voice. Like it really yeah. is him as yeah. an actor, you know? And he's like, uh, I have a right to be here and all that shit. Pretends I will say when I watched it for the first time, I didn't clock the No, me neither. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. I do like how, because he's like, I, I got your number. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's Mills. M-I-L-L-S. So maybe like that's Mills unwittingly telling oh, yeah. him that's who he His is. His pride comes before the fall. Yeah. Mm. And so that's how he knows how to find him. And it's terrible. Mm. Yep. Poor yep. Tracy. Because um, I was a huge Shakespeare in Love fan. So mm. I'm not ashamed to admit that it is what it is. And so I, I actually was really into Gwyneth Paltrow. So this this movie hit me hard. I'm not going to lie. You know? I get it. No. Um, <laughs> so they meet up at like a diner and she tells them how much she hates the city, uh, how much she's lonely. Does it ever get any better? She Does it ever Somerset. stop raining? Yes. Yeah, she meets yeah. with Somerset at the diner. And uh, she tells him also that she's pregnant. This scene is so hard to watch. It for is. For me. I cried. I always cry. There's a specific scene where he he tells her his own story. So apparently we find out Somerset was with a woman who was pregnant and he almost made, I don't want to say made her, but he said, I wore her down. Like he yeah. was very uh, insistent that she abort it. And I presume that's why she left him. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and he says, uh, there's a point where he says, uh, 
If you decide to get rid of it, just don't tell him. But if you decide to keep it, spoil, spoil it. it every chance you get. Ugh. And the way Gwyneth Paltrow's face breaks oh and then collects gosh. it, she collects herself, is so good. And I was destroyed. I cry every time in that moment. That is the the core of the movie for me is that scene right there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> it's fucking good. She's good. Yeah. And I mean, for me, my... I'm not in a relationship and I'm not pregnant, thank God. But that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> um, but just this kind of this feeling of being lost and like, you know, you're a young person that's trying to figure out, you know, where you fit in the world and like who, you know, trying to like work on your relationship and like, you know, you want them to succeed, you want them to like have their dreams and their aspirations, but then, you know, you're kind of stuck with, you know, do when do I matter? And so it's just like, when do I need to step up? And it's just like that, that, and that scene is kind of for me, what that embodied of like feeling trapped, but also like wanting to be, you know, supportive of your partner. And I don't know, it's just, it was really just being a younger person, being a young person in my twenties, just like, that's really, it's, it's hard and seeking, you know, an older, wiser person to talk with. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Morgan Freeman is aware of, you know, what she's going through. And I don't know, it's just, it's very touching, very sad to watch too. Yeah. It's it's heartbreaking. Cause like, I know what that's like. And he even says like, he doesn't regret uh, not having the child, but also does every day of his life. Like he knows his own life will be better, but he still doesn't think he made the wrong. It's again, this movie is so cynical. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to bring a child into this nasty, ugly world to experience only pain and nothing but pain until it died. And I still believe that to be true. You know, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, dude, fuck this movie. Yeah. But I know, what, you know, I have kids and um, I actually read a fantasy. I don't want to go on a huge uh, uh, tangent here. I don't mean to at least, but I read a fantasy novel, tons of them as a kid. This one in particular was called the Sword of Truth series. They're not very good books as an adult, uh, <laughs> but there was a there's a whole society uh like a, a fake society in that book uh, of these people, like, kind of like natives that don't uh, believe in letting children do whatever they want, literally whatever they want, eat as much candy as they want, run around rolling mud, literally no rules whatsoever until they're like 10. And their whole philosophy is like, life sucks so bad. So we at least let them like party at first, you know, and cause there, there's plenty of time for them to realize life sucks later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of like remembered that. And I read that when I was like 10, but I've remembered that my entire life and kind of used that in my parenting, like a little bit, like I don't let them do whatever they want, but like, I just shower them with love, let them be kids, yeah. you know, let them be kids. Of course. And, and I, when my, when, <laughs> when Aria's mom's not looking, you know what I mean? I'm like, Psst, hey. and I like give her chocolate and stuff. And she's like making her avocados and salad in the kitchen. And I'm like, Psst, come here. And I love you more than mom. <laughs> it's not just that, <laughs> no, 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 not that way, but it's just like, yeah, I like to be that spoiling yeah them. it's just like because life will there's so much pain i cannot prevent her from experiencing right like i just i don't have the particular set of skills <laughs> <laughs> or i'm not omniscient right like it's just inevitable and i know that's coming for her mm-hmm. and so I, I that's what i felt in that moment where he when he said spoil them every chance you get and then she her face breaks you know that yeah there's also something i've never picked up on before but later during the whole what's in the box scene Mills still doesn't know, right? Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. when he finds out. And I wonder if she decided to abort it because she had never told him. And it's been like, what, four days or whatever? Not that necessarily that's enough time for her to, for her to have made a I don't, decision. I think it's, um, like, this is what, like day 
Oh, this is Thursday. This, this is no, I think this is day five because they get this breakfast. Is Friday? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why yeah, I missed this, a Friday. This, this is Friday. Yeah. And then she dies on what Sunday? Uh, Saturday. Are you okay. sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do I have a Sunday tab? Killer calls and his own murder, pride, and all that stuff is on Sunday for me. Whatever. Um. So I guess yeah, there's only like a day before that happens. Wow. Never mind. Bomber, dude. Bomber. So they have that whole conversation. Eventually, he gets um called away, and uh, she thanks him for all the for for talking to me and stuff. Um, and then <laughs> my next note is really funny. I'm sorry. Switching gears entirely. It's Mills is upset about how this guy's obviously crazy. Right. And, and Somerset's like, we can't pigeonhole him like that. And he's like, nah, he's, he's definitely in his grandma's panties, rubbing himself in peanut butter. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, well, it's not kink shame here. That's just like a little, <laughs> who doesn't among us like to rubber the, rub, rub themselves in peanut butter every now and then. Yeah, he does um, a he does a couple like uh, serial killer references. Like the, I think the talking to his grandmother that's a a psycho reference, right? Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even clock that. Talking to the uh, the dog made me do it. That's a summer of Sam reference. Yeah. And oh. then the Jodie Foster thing is that guy who tried to assassinate. Um, was it Richard Nixon? Oh yeah, and he, he wanted, really did. He was obsessed with Jodie. Yeah, Foster. Yeah, he was doing it to try to impress Jodie Foster. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. I didn't, I didn't catch any of those references. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, the Summer of Sam murder said that his neighbor was possessed by the devil and told him to kill all the people. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. But all, anybody uh, with peanut butter? Any peanut butter worked in anywhere? Uh, I'm sure with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I just picturing a peanut butter baby? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Peanut butter baby, what? Oh, man. There's like a a baby that smothers his body with peanut butter and he like slaps his stomach and it like makes a noise <laughs> and he just goes, ah. <laughs> sounds, just look it up. Just look no, up, it just sounds look, terrifying. Just look up peanut butter baby. No, I'm not doing it. Um, well, I'm doing it for you. No, 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 no. I don't want to see it. I uh, want to see it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's the uh. meme. Oh yeah, that is horrifying. It kind of looks like I what I imagine sloth and the Goonies look like as a baby. Friend, <laughs> baby, baby Ruth. Ruth. Baby Ruth. Uh, at this point, uh, they have to hire the FBI guy to give them illegal records of people who have checked out certain books. And um, it's funny to me that this because this is pre Edward Snowden, right? So it's this like pre Patriot Act. The idea of this is like. What? And now watching this now, I was like, oh, they definitely yeah, are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Of course they do that. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. We lived in it was such a better time. Um, we were so naive. And they basically uh, keep records of everybody checking out certain books. Yeah, like Mein Kampf makes sense, right? But also even apparently Seven Deadly Sins and stuff like that. So they have a list of this. And on that list, they find uh, Jonathan Doe. Jonathan Doe has checked out all of the requisite books. They go to his apartment. Um there's a bondage joke, which I appreciate. By the way, while they're reading the the book lists, uh, something about the bondage of self, I think. And then Mills is like bondage, and and because he's dumb as shit, and Somerset's like, like no, not that. And he's like, no. Nah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tiny thing, but I was like, yes, yeah. I wish. Uh, <laughs> so they knock on the guy's door, and then he ap- appears to come back. He's got like a fucking baguette and shit, like old school, into the downtown grocery store kind of thing, mm-hmm. and he shoots at them and runs away. There's a you said it got nominated for best editing. Uh, this chase scene crazy is so long. 
Yeah. It is interminable. I couldn't decide if I loved it or if they should have cut about a minute and a half out of it. This was the one bit of the movie that I was like, click, 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 click. Like I was fast forwarding through it because I was like, (laughs) well, I was running out of time. I get it. And I was like, "Mm, (laughs) it's kind of wild how long this chase is. What about you, Steve? Did you think about that? I think it does go on way too long. Like they could have cut huge sections of like the, the tenets are like, or maybe, quiet down out there. Like, like these are gunshots, guy. I feel like Mills fell so many times. Like, oh yeah, yeah, too much. I will. I did like the end shot where right before he puts the gun to the head, it was like his reflection in the. Oh, the that's water. great. That was a beautiful yeah. shot. I mean, everything looks great. Like it's a beautiful looking movie. But yeah, I think they could have trimmed this down. I do like the the approach they took with the scene because I guess David Fincher is like he says he hates uh, chase movies where whoever's being chased. Or the chaser knows where the chasey is going, so they just cut them off or take a shortcut. And they're like, ah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, and the, he didn't feel that was realistic. And then Brad Pitt was the one who was like, well, why don't I like pretend like I don't know where he is at any moment? Like he can pop out and shoot me at any second. So like I'm I know scared. that's scary. Because and I think they effectively do that because if you watch him, he's like walking as if he has like cement tied to his shoes. He's like really kind of like, uh, is he right? Uh, yeah, he's very yeah. peaky it, and hurt. It adds to the tension, I think, really, really well. But I think they could have like gotten out of the apartment building quicker. So you didn't see the kids playing video games. Like, he went in the window. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of stuff. Um, I love how those kids just went right back to watching TV, too. Yeah, they're like, Unfazed. Oh, that's, that's weird. When, the, when, he's, mm-hmm. when Brad Pitt's talking, like, they were like, this happens all huh? the time in this city. Another one? Oh, yeah, that guy went that way. Sorry, man. <laughs> and then the other kid's like, this is the third time he's someone's been chased to, with a gun this week. John's always trying to get us to read his tiny handwriting. And he went out the window. <laughs> But apparently Brad Pitt actually like fell through a windshield, like legit, like tripped and fell through a car windshield doing this chase scene and like fucked oh. up his arm. Oh, the part where he had to uh, run across the cars on the yeah. street. And he like really messed up his arm and he needed like some type of surgery for it. Um, is that why his arm's in like a sling and stuff? Yes. And mm. so the good thing is like after, so the, yeah, his arm's in a sling after the fact, legit, because he just fucked up his arm in real life. But there's actually the scene where they're knocking on the door and the chase starts, they film that after he hurt his arm. So if you pay attention to that scene, that arm, he's actually like doing a lot of like hand in pocket, hiding it away from the camera. So you don't Mm. see it, that side of him, Uh, which I thought was, I didn't notice it until someone like pointed out like, oh yeah, he is doing that. Definitely Hmm. did not notice that. But I did notice that, I guess they were saying in the movies universe that he got hurt in one of those falls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, he, he falls. Uh, John Doe gets to jump on him. puts yeah. a gun to his head, but he doesn't kill him. Elect, just, he just gets away. He elects not to kill him. Um, and then Somerset back at the apartment is like, you can't go in there. They're like, we, there's no way to explain how we picked this apartment. The way, why are we knocking on this door? We we can't tell him how we paid the FBI. Um, and and then so Mills is like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Kicks the door in. No point in arguing about it now. You stupid son of a bitch. And then, so they pay like uh, a junkie or uh, some kind of at least homeless a homeless person, person yeah. to uh, say that they called him, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I love the way that though. I did like that editing because he kicks down the door. Morgan Freeman's mad storms off. And he's like, oh, hey, how much money we got left? Like, yeah. It's just like he doesn't care. That, that's when yeah. it hits him, you know. Um is to hire the the vagrant. So, and then he has tokens of every kill. So I don't think I remember clocking that as a kid that he's got like law books in there with blood on them. And he's, he's got, got the, uh, the spaghetti sauce. And then mm. Victor's hand is in there. Um, and then the, they look through everything, but this is where they realize that it was the photographer. We had him the whole time. 
we didn't have him. You didn't know that was the you know. It's yeah. like it sucks that he was. He's right fucking there. with us, and he put he did that like pose again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> remember? Because again, he's a closeted homosexual. <laughs> We've clocked that about him. Uh, Very metro. No, yeah, no prints in the apartment whatsoever. Not a single fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Um, there. But Somerset's a neon in their, red cross. There is. <laughs> there's some sex stuff happening in that apartment. <laughs> just saying. Some red room energy. Um, and Somerset's trying to read the notebooks. He quotes it a few times. But even if we had 50 men, 24 hours a day reading these books, it would take two years. That's, that's how crazy. He pours every thought that he has on this page. And until he calls. I admire you, detective. <laughs> oh, I just got a spine chill. <laughs> <laughs> would you fuck me? <laughs> Yes. You ever maybe. seen Silence of the Lambs? Um, and he basically, you know, he tells him he admires him and uh he's, he's he has to speed up his schedule now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you fucked it. I'm not gonna lie, you fucked my shit up a little bit. But uh I can still do it all. If Mills had caught him, it would have saved his wife. Well, yeah. That's so how sad. time works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Duh. That's how was, chronological order works. I'm just saying. He got outplayed. If Mills didn't move their whole family to I'm not, the city. I'm not prone to victim blaming. I'm just saying. Very fair. It's the victim's fault. It's a skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I don't want to blame the victim, but it's the victim's fault. <laughs> it's a slight Kinda. skill issue. That's all I'm saying. Um, can't go in now. Uh, and then Saturday, I guess. I don't fucking know. I, don't, I still don't believe Time you guys. Time to talk. I don't to think I would have wrote Sunday. Snape. I wouldn't have wrote Sunday for no reason. Whatever. Uh, Isn't Saturday the prostitute? Saturday's when they go to the sex club and he's like, I thought it was performance art and we haven't seen the the contraption yet. But Somerset's just like, why would you make this for somebody? And he's like, I don't know. People do all kinds of weird shit. Um, and we go to the sex club and we find the oh, lust murder. There's a point in the sex club where they're walking through the hallway. How do we turn this music off? And then <laughs> you this, can't. This police officer just kind of like, what are you doing here? And I, it just seemed like he was a haunted house actor. Yes. <laughs> I hated it. I hated that. Uh, it was very gimmicky. It's very unlike David Fincher. It's like, this is who we casted it, to play this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all we have. This is also where we get the line. I think it's Detective Somerset. I don't remember even in what context. Uh, fuck, why does he say this? Is it interviewing the guy who had the strap on? But he says, this isn't going to have a happy ending. I swear to God, Morgan Freeman says that line in this scene. I just don't remember why. But the movie doesn't. A little telegraph. Oh, he, s- he says it at the bar. I Because I had that line written down. It's when he and Mills are at the bar. Okay. To each other. Oh, I, yeah, think yeah. Would, I was thinking of it in the context of like, oh, he's in the room. Oh, like, like a happy ending? Scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 like no. play on words like, oh, funny. It's another. Somerset. I guess this guy's not going to have a happy ending. Yeah. It's another scene in the bar where they're arguing about their world perspectives. And this is the oh. big one where Mills is saying like, I don't fuck that. I, I can't operate my life believing what you believe. I don't, I don't even believe that you believe it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is where. And Somerset says, this isn't going to have a happy ending. And he like looks at the camera and winks. Um, Yeah, but that sex club stuff, I mean, like Steve said earlier, all we see is like the giant like machete dildo. And we see a little bit of the body, but not really. It's just like the legs and some blood. And you can just put two and two together. And we get the long interview. And this is the, if you like this scene, Mindhunter will be your jam. Mm. It's the entire show is just interviewing people like this nice um about dark subject matter but he's yeah. all, he's all in shock completely and i think the actor does a great job mm-hmm. yeah um, he does 
He told me that. I'm not he's do been it. in a ton of stuff too. I couldn't. Yeah, that's another I one. Couldn't place him. Like I'm like I know that guy, but I couldn't place him at well, all. I mean, there's Richard Roundtree, uh, Arlie Ermey, where he talked about. Um, who else? So many people. By so the way, people. the writer Andrew Kevin Walker plays the dead man uh, at the first crime scene, like the husband, where he's like, "Did the kids see it?" Oh, the body is the writer Andrew that's Kevin a, that's Walker. That's a fun little yeah Easter egg. Yeah. Um, anywho, but I guess this is Sunday because yeah, they after the bar he goes yeah, home. It was and nighttime. Gives gives Tracy a cuddle, and uh, Somerset can't uh, he's he can't he, sleep. He, he throws breaks metronome. metronome. Yeah, he plays darts with a switchblade. That's what you, that's what I do when I can't sleep. I thought that the switchblade thing was going to be like someone's going to be like you brought a knife to a gunfight. Like, <laughs> I also have a gun. You lose, and he just like switchblades. <laughs> You lose. I won't shoot somebody, but I gotta. I will stab you. I got a switchblade. I'll throw at you like a knife board. I'll cut a motherfucker. Somebody shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um. So on Sunday, the killer calls. It's he calls in his own murder. You can tell, like on the nine one one call, that it's his voice. It's the pride murder, and that one's pretty dastardly as well because he disfigures her face and gives her the ability to save herself knowing that she'll choose death um, because of her pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... She cut off her nose, a spider... F- <laughs> he it, cut off her nose, a spider face. Well, somebody says he cut off her nose and he's like, to a spider face. That's a quote from the Bible, right? Uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, either see. that or from uh, Shakespeare. I mean, I, you know I read it every year so yeah. I should know. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Well, you were bringing it fucking up. That's why. I asked. That's just a common phrase. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, he can't just be saying that like he knows all idioms, like the spider face. Like that would be so lame if it didn't have any broader context. They start going back to the the agency. They're kind of going over what their next steps are. But wouldn't you know it, John Doe is turning himself in. Detective. Yeah, I like how they're not even uh, paying attention to this guy who's covered in blood, by Literally. the way. Yeah. And none of the what cops. A weird, what a weird taxi ride that must have been. Because they show him pulling up in the cab. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that episode of Black Mirror where the little girl is walking around aimlessly in the city while everybody is glued to the TV. Because the have you seen what I'm talking about? I've is seen it, all is, episodes is it of the Black pig Mirror. One? The pig one. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, everybody's super hyper focused on something else. But like nobody's taking a moment to like look at what's around them. That's as what they're As a child. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but he probably paid that cat because he's independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. He probably paid the cat like $1,000. No questions, please. Uh, and we find out that like, he cuts off his fingerprints like weekly. That's why there's no prints around his apartment. Ow. Howie. Uh, and he wants a deal, right? So he, they arrest him. And I and Mills is so like, get the fuck down. But it's like, dude, he turned himself in. Like, I understand he's a Put your nose on the ground, motherfucker. Yeah, like faster, like faster. Chill, chill the adrenaline, bro. He's being. You were fucking us like this, remember? <laughs> he does the desk thing again. Remember? <laughs> but also, um, too, like he's been chasing after this guy, and you know he's finally there to you know let excited. himself. In. Yeah, he's yeah. So, he's so sighted. Yeah, and excited. And watching it again, I've seen it so many times. I, I always think, like, at what point did he kill Tracy? Because we I get this it scene, before. it's obviously before this, but I mean, like, at what point? You know what I mean? Like, because we see, is it Saturday night after the bar that we see him cuddling her? And he's like, I love you so much. And I so, think it's that morning yeah, so because he, yeah. he's covered in blood. I only assume it's hers. It, it, they say it's hers. So there also is, he. so right before uh, Kevin Spacey walks in and, uh, you know, gets submitted or whatever, the uh, 
the receptionist is like, Hey, you have a voicemail. I know she called. Your, yeah. And so, but I'm also like, did she call or is it him? Mm. Is, did he call him and leave a voice? Well, that would fuck up his plan if it was him. Well, he doesn't hear it. He wants Mills to like, I know, but he wouldn't risk that Mills would get the message, right? Or is, it, is he going to get it later and be I like, think later. <laughs> did you look in the box? Um, <laughs> ha, ha, oh, you I, killed me. I know you did. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Mm. Uh, so that's what happens, guys. You guys all know the end of this movie. He ends up making a deal with the cops that Somerset and Mills have to take him out to, yeah. to uh, 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 what's it called? The they field. call it, but it's like uh, Powerline City or something. You know, yeah. It's weird, but there's like yeah. a little Somerset, trailer out there. Somerset thinks something's up because he's like, he's two murders away from completing his masterpiece. Why would he just turn himself in? Yeah. Something, something, I don't like the smell of this. And he's like, well, I got the last two bodies already done. I'm going to go show them to you guys. Don't worry. And the last two sins are, in fact, John Doe himself for envy, for mm-hmm. envying the life of Mills and Detective Mills for wrath. But Mills is not the body. Poor, uh, I think uh, Tracy is the only death that has nothing wrong. Like she did nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah. only, the only one without sin that we know of. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. He, Why didn't you kill Mills? What the hell? Wrathfulness. Just kill him. But that's his like masterpiece. And we get the long, again, I probably would have cut a lot out of the car ride to the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like back and forth that it, ha- it establishes the same idea several times. Like, yeah. I think you're crazy. I'm not crazy. You know, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm doing crazy. the right thing. Society sucks. I'm doing I'm, dope shit. I'm going to let everyone know about it. But also I think too, you know, we'd, I, I would say this is probably the, a quarter of the movie and, you know, we really haven't spent a whole lot of time with Kevin Spacey. So I think that's probably why. I'm sure. It's like the yeah. big killer reveal. And, yeah. he's, and you know, Kevin Spacey sucks, but like, he's a good actor. So like, yes. yeah, he's, he's doing this a great job. So like, you probably want to like, as a director in that time, you're like, oh man, I got gold with this actor. I want to show him off. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. a very good actor, but this is before House of Cards. This is before he won the Oscar for American Beauty. This mm-hmm. is like right around the time that he did Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so just this is like taken off. Relatively unknown guy. Yeah. yeah like, like, ooh. Uh, yeah. I, Making me want to watch the screen when you talk. I did take two notes before we get into the the, the, the very last scene here. I, I laughed really hard because there was no context for what was happening, but there's a scene where the shaving um, the chest? Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are just shaving the chest. I know. Like, we're just bud- and, and like, it makes sense as the scene progresses. like, oh, they're shaving their chest to put the, the wire on. At first, I was but like, I, why the fuck is he just shaving his chest? I, yeah, there's no context. So He's I like, thought, what like, if I shave my nipple off? Would that be crazy? And he's like, yeah, it would be crazy. And then giggle. <laughs> And I'm like, what is going What's on? Like slapping each other's ass with a towel. <laughs> I love this though. I just love like maybe like at first I'm like, is this signifying that they're friends now? They're like, hey, we're just buds, just shaving a chest together. And Mills is like, remember when the killer had us like this? <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if there's ever a SWAT team in a helicopter, they always have to do the same thing. Now this is a visual and instance and i'm not on camera but i will allow you ta- you guys to react to it oh boy where every every time there's a swat dude in a, in a helicopter these things have to happen okay yeah <laughs> nodding and pointing pointing For pointing sure. nodding <clears throat> yeah well i've never been in a helicopter but i i think it's loud and you're like you have to like it, talk it, with your hands it right? is but when you talk with your hands the way these guys are talking with their hands they're always like making a face like i'm undulating so hard with my hand it's hurting Ooh, me stop undulating so they're like, undulating. like <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah so uh yeah they they get down there and he's like okay we're in the middle of the field i'm gonna make you guys famous plot twist uh the two bodies are me uh i kill tracy i cut her head off put it in a box this poor delivery guy's coming down uh somerset goes to figure out like what is this because they don't know they think maybe it's someone trying to spring uh john doe 
but no, it's just a box. It's, oh, how weird. And as he's opening it, uh, John Doe then starts telling Mills like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I totally killed Tracy. And uh, it was, it sucks. She was, she was pregnant too. That's sad. His reaction, that performance I think is one of my top, top five performances. Brad I've Pitt? Ever seen. Yeah. Just What's like, the just like his ability when to When he's go, like about to puke? Yeah, just like his ability to like change his facial expression and like be so like emotionally damaged, like the yeah, anger, like, the sadness, the realization that she was pregnant, like, oh my gosh, he was going to be a dad. Like there's just so many things and it's, you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, like he's embodying all of this. When he realizes because Somerset's telling him, like he wants you to kill him. Yeah. When he realizes like, oh fuck, you're right. I mean, if I do this, he wins, but also you killed my wife. Yeah. And he starts like getting physically sick and bending over, but then he stands up, points the gun, goes stone faced and then weeps. And, you know, and I, the he's transformations yeah. that he's going through, like he's physically showing all these different uh, emotions at the same time that he's competing with. And he's just like, and I think Somerset is saddened by the fact that he kills him. Right. But at the same time, he's like, he gets it. I would have shot him. Yeah. Probably, right. I def me, me, me kit. Yes. Boom, boom. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised yeah. they didn't write for him to stop living himself in that moment. You know what I mean? Like just. Uh, oh, he took his own gun. Because yeah. I assume he's not going to be. I don't know the law very well, well but they, they I don't put know him how criminally police... persecuted he would be by this. Yeah. They, they put him in a police car and it, our, um, the captain and Morgan Freeman have that bit like, we'll take care. We'll take care of him. Like, and it's not of like, a, we'll take good care of him and put him in the brig. It's more of a like, hey. We're going to make no, sure he's absolutely. okay. Like, uh, like once he goes on trial, like he technically he did murder a person. Right. But yeah. Is the city going to prosecute pretty heavily? No, I doubt it. Highly doubt it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, real... it wasn't public though. Right. Like, could they say that they're, well, I guess. Yeah. But there's handcuffed. a ton of, there's a ton of witnesses too. Yeah. like the, the other officers that are in the helicopter. <laughs> see it. They're like, they fucking shot him. Yeah. Um, and you know, Somerset's going to, Peck, and peck at that keyboard like this is what happened. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a bummer ending because Tracy, the only like light in this movie is brutally killed. And again, that restraint, you don't see her head in the box. Right. It's just everyone reacting to what's in it. And your imagination's able to see like how dire that situation probably was for her. And it's awful to think about. And yeah, Brad Pitt's in a really awful place. Morgan Freeman's whole worldview is seemingly proven correct. And that how shitty the world is, and Credits. that's how it. And yeah, we get a we get a nice little Ernest Hemingway quote, and that's 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 the end. I uh, was distraught, and again, it's probably the twenty fifth time I've seen this movie or something. But like for whatever reason, last night this like really got into me, into my psyche. It was late at night. I should have watched Knives Out second. <laughs> I know that now. <laughs> oh, yeah, this was the movie I watched first out of all the things we had Good to watch move. this week because I knew like this is kind of a bummer movie from what I understand. And yeah. It yeah. was a good move. <laughs> yeah. uh, but before we go, we're running a little long. There were some questions submitted to us by the Discord about this movie. Oh, that's right. That's and right. you can be a patron of the Discord by going to patreon.com slash streaming things and signing up, signing up at the appropriate tier. Uh, first question we have up is actually from someone who's been on the show before. It's from Alex. What's up, Alex? Alex asks, how does one phonetically pronounce seven as it is styled in the title? <laughs> if you don't know, it's spelled S-E, the number seven, E-N. And I really appreciate other Discord member, E. Scramo, re- responded to him saying, E-7-N is how you pronounce it. 
Which how annoying was it to search for this movie? Because you would I just searched seven annoying. and like a bunch of movies named seven that's not this popped. I'm like, what who the fuck no why well, would anyone want to watch? On Letterboxd, you have to put the number seven yeah. in replacement of the And It's so v- dumb because it's, it's obviously like a graphic design choice, not the title, right? Like it's just seven a V tipped up to look like a seven. Uh but to answer your his question, says seven and in, I that's guess. Kinda, yeah. So seven and in. This is kind of funny. This is written in by John. He uh-huh. writes, my question, what's in the box? And then he goes on, are you guys going to play what's in the box points during the review? That would be fun. We didn't do that, but we are going to use it for un- box on for mailbags. Oh, yeah. For mailbags, yeah. It's going to be our new mailbag. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kyrie asks, what's in the box? Was it the friends we made along the way? <laughs> <laughs> it was. And I think that's, Pretty much it for uh, for seven. We got some for Knives Out, which will be on Patreon as well. Yes. Hold on. I want to read some unhinged letterbox yes. reviews. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of them says, Kevin Spacey gives Brad Pitt head. No clickbait. <laughs> 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 um, seven's ending scene is by far my favorite unboxing video on YouTube. Um, <laughs> do we all understand that? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> um, we invented YouTube. Go on. Hold on, I'm trying to find... Invented YouTube. Someone was like, crew member to David. So David, what are you going to do about the lighting for this scene? David Fincher, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Someone wrote, so no head, question mark. (laughs) And then somebody wrote, uh, did anyone notice that um, Gwyneth Paltrow looked boxed in in every scene Mm. she was in? Do you think it would have been funny if, if that's Morgan Freeman opened the box and said, goop, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time we've got oh for right Lord. now. We've got to go return some videotapes. My name is Kit. My name's Madison. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Ting. <laughs> streaming Ting. <laughs> Happy streaming. Happy streaming. <laughs> <laughs>